We're going to be in Isaiah 43 this morning and looking at this message, Isaiah 43. And I want to give you kind of a broad brush stroke of Isaiah before we jump into the 43rd chapter. If you've ever read the book of Isaiah, it's 66 books, so it's a long, it's a long read all the way through. But Isaiah started out his ministry, and really he was looking at the, the state of, of his people, of God's people. He was looking at the state of the nation of Israel, and he was concerned because uh, the folks had really turned their heart away from God. They, had been, they were worshiping uh, pagan gods. They were actually making alliances with pagan nations, and they were even mixing uh, godly worship with ungodly worship. So there was a, there was a lot of uh, things that were going on among God's people at that time. And Isaiah began to observe that. And he began to tell God, this is a problem here. What are you going to do about it? And so uh, he's kind of in this mode of, I would call it, prophesying out of his soul. And then the sixth chapter of Isaiah, he has an encounter with the Lord. And it's so profound. I can imagine if I were Isaiah, Isaiah having that kind of picture, whether he, uh, heaven was opened up and he saw in or heaven visited him where he was at, whichever it was, it was profound. And Isaiah saw this, this, this hot coal being taken by a heavenly being and being brought to his lips. Now, I don't know if you, if you or I would be having a dream like that. If we would see that about to happen, we would run, right? In fact, a couple of uh, uh, weeks ago, I had a dream and I don't know what I was doing, but but I, I saw myself in the dream, my, like my head was on the table, and I raised up, you know, to get away from something or something. And I actually did that in bed. <laughs> I actually was in the dream, started participating in the dream, and I raised up off my pillow, and I started laughing. I was like, what is that? And so Isaiah th- saw this cold coming, and he thought, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm done. But the Lord just sanctified him and set him apart for the work that he called him to do. And he lived through that and became a whole different person. Started prophesying out of a spirit probably rather than prophesying out of a soul. And so we have then the, the next um, 34 verses or, or chapters of Isaiah where he begins to warn the people, you need to turn or there's going to be a pagan nation come and conquer you. And so he begins to speak that for the people to turn back to God, back to his ways, start this, this mix going on and stop alliances with other nations. And he starts prophesying the people to turn. And he said, if you don't, the Assyrians are going to come down and conquer you. Well, he happened to have the ear of a king that listened to that. And the king actually repented. And so the Syrians started to conquer Israel and they stopped because the king repented and led the people in repentance. And then we had another king come into power. And the same thing started happening. The people going back and and doing pagan worship and mixing things up and forming alliances. And again, Isaiah starts to prophesy, if you don't turn, you're going to get taken over by another nation. But this king didn't listen. And so Assyria came down and conquered what we call the northern kingdoms, which was ten tribes of Israel and two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, remained true to God, but the ten tribes were conquered. And they were, they were separated off. They were now under the Assyrians. And then you had the two tribes that remained, but then they started deteriorating. And Isaiah is just prophesying all the way along in these 34 chapters, you better turn or you're going to be conquered. And they just, they just didn't listen. So finally you had another kingdom 
The Babylonians that came down and conquered the remainder of Israel destroyed Jerusalem and, and, and took the people back up to their uh, homelands in modern-day Iraq today. And they were conquered for 70 years. There was just not much going on in the homeland because there wasn't anything there, deterioration going on. And then finally, uh, at, at, again, a, a king, Cyrus, this, this pagan king, read the history of the Jews and just let them go home. Just said, you can go home. There wasn't a fight. Just said, you can go. And so, again, it was, it was after uh, the fulfillment of that prophetic 70 years that they were able to go back home. So that's really what you have in the first 40 chapters of Isaiah is that kind of, of, of prophecy and warning and then finally the takeover. What you have then starting at verse or chapter 40 up until 66 is Isaiah starts prophesying about a Savior that's going to come that is going to be different from any other Savior they've ever had. I mean, you think about it. Uh, we get into 43 here in a little bit. You've got, you got Isaiah 53 that talks about Jesus and how he's going to die on the cross for our sins. You've got uh, Isaiah 61 that talks about, in fact, it was the first scripture that, that Jesus read when he was in the synagogue getting ready to start his ministry. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news. And Isaiah, uh, Jesus was reading out of Isaiah. So Isaiah begins, in the latter half of his book, begins to prophesy about Jesus coming to earth and how he would be a savior that would be the king that would establish his kingdom in, in uh, incredible exciting times and so I just want to kind of give you that that big picture about Isaiah as we step into Isaiah 43 one of my favorite chapters in the Bible let me just read uh, I'm going to be reading verses 14 through 21 and then we'll get started about what the Lord has for us and what's uh, embracing the new in 2022. Verse 14. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send the Babylonian and bring down as... I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians. And the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, God's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, an army, and reinforced together, they lay there never to rise again. Extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do, not, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I have born for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Nick, if you can grab me a water, I would appreciate it. All right, here we go. So in Isaiah 43, there's five things that I believe the Lord wants to share with us today about what he has in mind, the new thing he has in mind for um, this year. And the first thing God says is, I've got this. I've got this. All right? I don't know what you have in mind for 2022 if you've thought about it. Rachel kind of started our service that day in regard, maybe you have a dream that you say, you know what, I think 2022, that dream is going to be actualized or maybe realized. Maybe you have a dream 
that you're carrying. Maybe you have a calling. You have a calling that you know is on your life, and you're like, I think it's time for me to step into that calling. Thanks, Nick. I think it's time to step into that calling in a way that I've never have before. Maybe this is the year that I do that. You have a dream. You have a calling. Maybe you have a problem that has been really big in the last couple of years, and you're like, God, I'm ready for you to fix that. I'm ready for you to repair that which I've struggled with for a long time. I'm ready to call it done in year 2022. Are you ready for that? Or maybe you're just weary from the battles that we've been facing as, as a nation and as a people and, and, and all the information swirl that goes around. Maybe you're just tired and you're like, God, I'd love to have some rest. Well, the Lord says this, starting 2022, he says, I've got this. I've got this. Whether it's a dream or a calling or, a, or you're weary or a problem you need fixed, God says, I've got this. You see, in verse 14, he says, For your sake I send to Babylon and bring them down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans, in ships that they once rejoiced. What's he saying there? He's saying basically, the enemy that has captured you, I'm going to capture him. That's what he's saying. The enemy that took you out, I'm going to take him out. Isn't that great news? That's what God said about the Babylonians. They came down and conquered Israel, and he said, now I'm going to conquer them. And that's the way God does things when we stick with him. He says, I've got this because I've got you. I've got this, and I've got you. He starts out the book in Isaiah 43 with these words. And notice all the different times. In fact, 13 times the word you is mentioned. Listen. Starting in, the, in Isaiah 43, 1, he says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, you who, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, it, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not oversweep you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I, the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, for I am. God is with us. He not only has this, he has us. He's got you. In other words, you can take it personally. God, you have me. I've got you, you've got me. And that's what he would like to do. Y'all have this ongoing dialogue with God, and there's a few things that I'd like to see him do in, in 2022. Yet sometimes as I listen to my prayers and we have this dialogue together, I realize I have trust issues with God. Things that I had hoped for and believed for and prayed for haven't happened yet. And sometimes I get into this dialogue with God, and he comes back and says, will you trust me? I've got this. I've got them. Will you trust me? And I'm like, yeah, God, I guess I'll trust you. Well, maybe I don't trust you because we're talking about it now. <laughs> That's kind of the dialogue that I have with the Lord at times. And I've got some trust issues that I'm working out with him to be able to come to the place where I settle it that he's going to work in ways that he and I both see the work that is needed. Maybe you can relate to that. God and I have trust issues at times, but we're working it out, and we're still friends. He's still a good friend of mine. I'm still a good friend of his, and we're working at it. So the first thing God says is, I've got this. 
The second thing God says is, I've done this before. This is not the first rodeo for me. I've done this before. He says in 16 and 17 of 43, he says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, who drew out the chariots and horses, they lay there never to rise again. Now, towards the latter half of the message, God's going to lay out the new plan that he sees. But what he's telling the people, he's getting to the history of the nation to say that when I brought you out of Egypt, I did something new. And what was new previously isn't necessarily going to be repeated in the future. I'm going to be at work, but it's not going to be the same as how you saw it happen in the past. For instance, when they came out of Egypt, the Red Sea was in front of them. The mountains were beside of them. They couldn't climb the mountains to get away. And the Egyptian army is coming up behind them. They're trapped. There's no way out. And God says, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to part waters, and you're going to be able to walk through in dry lands, your uncles, your aunts, your kids, your, your cattle, your sheep, your goats, whatever, walk through dry land all the way through, and then the army is going to come up to try to follow you, and the water is going to come back and swallow them, never to rise again. That was a new thing. God had never done that before in the past with anybody else, but he did it with these people. But now he's saying, you're at a place in life where moving forward, I'm going to do a new thing, but it's not going to be exactly like the old thing. You get it? Sometimes, you know, we get in this place of, of routine, and we think, God, you did it once. You have to repeat that again. But God just has other ways, but it's still him. And so he says, I've done this before. I know what I am doing. For some reason this week, I was drawn to George Mueller. I don't know if you know that name. He lived practically lived the whole 1800s. He was 92 when he died, so he missed living 100 years by eight years. And George Mueller, he was, uh, someone was telling me that he, uh, he was a German, but he moved to England, and really um, he's most known for his orphanage, how he helped orphans, but he actually pastored one church for 66 years. So I've, I've got a, a calling, you know, I've got, I can, uh, you know, Wow, 66 years. He was the was same place 66 years. And so he had this calling. Again, don't mind, don't mind the whistle. We'll get it. We'll get it uh, uh, there. Just got taken out. God's doing a new thing, you know. He probably has a finger back there pushing the button. But uh, George Mueller, I went and what I was being led to research is that George Mueller settled God would provide for the orphanage. But it wasn't the same way every time. Sometimes they didn't have food on the table. And he said, kids, we just need to pray. And in the midst of the prayer, at the amen, there would be a knock on the door. And there would be food outside the door. Or somebody would bring food in. Uh, the milkman ha had a flat tire outside of his door at that time. And he said, I need to bring the milk into the orphanage because it's going to spoil by the time I get the tires fixed. I mean, God just did uncanny things all the time. Sometimes the kids did chores and they got money for doing chores and they would give their money for food. Other times there was rich people that had extra and they would give to the orphanage and then they would use that money until it ran out. But the basic thing is that Mueller settled, God's going to provide. But he did it different ways each time and each day and each week. It wasn't the same way every time. And he began to be accustomed to that, to realize God's going to provide. I don't know how, 
but I just know he's going to be on time because he's a man of his word. And then it's written that the orphans would age out. And they got to the place where they needed to go out and, you know, become an adult and find a job and live someplace else. He said when, when he, he would age out an orphanage, an orphan, he would put in their right hand a Bible, and in their left hand he would give them a coin. And he would look at them and say, if you always have this in your right hand, then you will always have something in your left hand. If you have the word of God and you honor and obey it in your right hand, you will always have a coin in your left hand that will meet your natural needs. And that's what he would give to his, give to his orphanage before they aged out. What an incredible legacy. There was 10,000 orphans that went through his orphanage. And can you imagine that those 10,000 orphans that learned to live by faith, how many people they affected? Thousands. They impacted thousands of people because of this one man's legacy of how he trusted God. So God is just, he wants to do a new thing, and he's not going to do it the same every time. So we have to be prepared and ready for 22, what he wants to do in this year. The thing that I think about God doing a, a new thing is he can redeem anything. He really can Lots of times you and I get in places where he, we think, well, I don't know if God can change this or change that or, 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 or switch this. I don't, I don't really know if he can. And we begin to doubt. But God can redeem anything. And that's where he wants to bring our faith level up this morning and at the front end of this year. In Isaiah 43, 11 through 13, it says, I, God is speaking, I, even I, am the Lord. Apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved you and proclaimed. I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand when I act. No one can reverse it. Those are powerful words, aren't they? They're from the Lord to a people that say, will you follow me and trust me in life? Someone sent us an email this week, and they had found uh, our first fruits teaching that we did on, on, um, on YouTube, and they were beginning to, they were, they were connecting with it because God had actually schooled them in a way that it was being taught here. And, and the person was so excited and left a phone number, so I decided to call them and just have a conversation about to follow up the email, and uh, we had a great conversation. He was, uh, he was enjoying the afternoon with his wife, and, and I said, I don't want to interrupt your time. No, no, it's great, and he began to tell me a story. He said that uh, years ago, his father had diagnosis that from two to five years, this father would be dead, and he said, I just didn't accept that diagnosis. I didn't believe it was the Lord. I didn't believe it was my father's time. And he said, so I went to my pastor, and he said, Pastor, we're going to pray for my father, and I'm going to give a first fruits offering for my father's healing, and it's $50,000. The pastor said, I'm not taking the money. I'll pray for your father, but I'm not taking the money. 
He said, you don't understand. I'm practicing a principle that God said, that God put on my heart to do. The money's not going to heal him. The money's not going to save him. But it's a principle that I'm practicing. And the pastor says, no, I don't want the money. I can't do that. I can't pray and accept the money. They argued back and forth. And finally, the pastor gave in, received the money. They prayed. And his father is alive today, 12 years past that time, and he's doing well. Again, that's an astounding uh, illustration or testimony about how God moves that maybe shock us in the way that it happened, but yet he did. And so we can't discredit how God laid on this person to give this first fruits. And obviously the prayer of faith then healed his father. And sometimes, you know, the whole money and faith and all that stuff, we get it all mixed up. And God says, no, this is how I worked in this situation. He may not do the, the, the he might never do that again with this guy, but he did it in that one. And that's how we need to be prepared for the new thing that God wants to do. Just because he did it one way in the past doesn't mean that it's going to happen that way in the future. When he brought the, the people out of Egypt, it was something new. And yet at the same time, that new is not necessarily going to be repeated. Number three, God says. The new thing I want to do, you got to work with me on this one. When they were in Egypt, the people just watched. They were just like, oh, wow, you know, the plagues and, and the firstborn dying and, and, and then, you know, coming out and the Red Sea parting and then the manna falling and the water coming out of rocks and clouds that they followed to nowhere to go so they didn't get lost. All that the people were just kind of watching. But God says, no, when we cross over in the promised land, it's going to be different. you got to work with me on this one. You have to participate with me in the new thing, or the new thing won't get done. See, in the past, they just watched the new thing happen. But it's different. It changed over when they got into the promised land. It's like, no, the new thing's going to happen because we are collaborating together. It's not just you watching anymore, or you grinding it out, and, and, and me watching. Sometimes... God does that. He just watches us work ourselves to death and says, would you like my help? And then we go, oh, yeah, I do need your help. And then he comes in. And so God says, you got to work with me on this one for the new in 22. Well, I, thought about, I thought about the past, and that is oftentimes when we're trying to get free of our past, we end up fighting it out. Can you relate? You're trying to leave a mindset or a routine or, or religion or maybe an addiction that you just kind of fight it out. You kind of like, you know, whatever you need to do, you just, you just kind of fight it out to get, get free of that thing. And, and certainly that happened in, um, in Israel's case. They, coming out of Egypt was a fight. And then they went into the wilderness. What happens in the wilderness? In the wilderness, you sort it out. You pass, you kind of fight it out to get free, and then you get in the wilderness, and you, and, you, and you sort it out. That's what was happening with them. Okay, God, I'm in this new place. You ever been to a place where you said, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I should step or stop or, or stand still. I just know that I can't stay at the place that I'm at, but I don't know what to do. You ever been there? God, I know you're going to move me, but I don't know what to do. That's kind of like being in a wilderness. You've got to sort it out. You've got to sort it out at times to say, God, what, what are you doing? Where do I go? And then finally, you, had, you get to the place where you see the promise, you finally settle it out. Just like George Mueller. He didn't know how God would provide. But he settled it out in his mind. The Lord will provide. I don't know how or when. I just know that he will. 
And we get to that place in our life, and he wants us to get to that place to say that we're not questioning anymore. We're not having trust issues. We're settling on the promise that God is going to come through, and we settle it out. And that's the, that's where, that's the position that he wants to put, put us in for the new thing that he wants to do here in 2022. And then number four, God says, here's the new way through. So he begins to share with uh, the people and us the new thing that he has in mind. And he says, now, do you see it? Do you perceive it? He says this. He says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You can equally translate that as God is making rivers in the desert and roads in the wilderness. He's making rivers and building roads. How many times have you ever heard somebody, let's build a river? Well, that's funny, isn't it? Build a river? What do you mean? Rivers are just there. It's, it's a natural byproduct of the terrain of land, and God just puts rivers at places with the overflow of streams. They're just there. You get in rivers. You enjoy rivers. You get cooled off from rivers. You swim in rivers. You have a great time in rivers. Sometimes they can be used as water rate. But when you start building a road, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I mean, some of you drive from West Virginia, you know there's a lot of road construction going on. You get up into Maryland, it takes a long time to reconstruct that road, doesn't it? I mean, sometimes years because they're looking at the soil to make sure it'll hold the traffic that's going on and not break up. They compact the soil. They put down base, and then they work it, and they compact it, and they, they, they make sure that it's, it's going to be solid for the traffic that is going over this road. It takes a lot of work, a lot of discipline, a lot of, a lot of energy, a lot of labor to build a road. And oftentimes when, when we think of God doing a new thing, this combination is something we need to pay attention to because spiritually speaking, we need to be in the river at times and there's other times we need to be building a road. What do I mean? Worship is being in the river. We can just flow. We love worship, being in prayer. We love praying and, 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 and inviting God to prophetically speak. We love that. That's called being in the river. We need to be in the river. We need to be in the worship. We need to. And then there's the times where we need to build a road. We actually need to get disciplined. We need to stick with our budget. We need to show up when it's unpopular that we'd rather stay home. We need to start discipline ourselves to learn something and step into our calling and all the things and skills that we need to develop. That's like building a road. And when it gets hard and difficult and sacrificed and we're like, God, I don't know whether I want to go on to this new thing you put out for you. We need to go back to the river and get in the river again and get refreshed in worship and prayer and prophetic and then go back and build our road again in what God has in mind. So it's a combination of the new thing that God is doing. He says, I want you to get in the river and I want you to build a road and I want you to build a road and when it gets tough, get back into the river and then stay in the river until you get refreshed and then come back and build the road. Are you with me? All right, I think I'm with myself. <laughs> but that's the way through. He says it's a new thing that I'm doing. It requires both the river and the road, and some people want to stay in the river all their life, and, and it's great to be in the river, but you know what? Those people that are in the river a lot, sometimes they don't accomplish a lot. 
And there's other people that are building this hard road, and they're not great to be around. They sometimes turn sour and bitter and why isn't anybody helping me and stuff. Well, you need to stop building the road for a little bit and get in the river and get happy again. Get the reason for why God called you and made you and set you apart. And then go back and do your part in building the road. It's the combination of both together. And God says, I'm going to bring uh, streams in the desert. And I'm going to make a road in the wilderness. Number five, God says that this new thing that he's doing, that everybody's going to benefit. All benefit in the new. Nobody's left out. Isaiah 43, 20 and 21 says, The wild animals honor me because I provide water in the wilderness to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Wow. So the new thing God's doing is not just going to be about you. It's going to be about others around you. It, you know, Wanda mentioned it last week about Abraham. Wherever Abraham went, it wasn't just that he was blessed. Everybody around him got blessed. In fact, Abimelech said, I don't want you to move, Abraham, because I am so blessed by you living next door that you say you want to go back into where God's called you. Don't leave because I'm blessed because you're there. That's a new way of thinking, isn't it? Can we begin to think that because we live in the neighborhood we are, that our neighbors are going to be blessed because we serve God and want to do what he says and we're into the new thing and other people will get blessed because of the new thing that God is doing with us? Can we believe that way? I think we should. That wherever you are at work, what you do, that because you serve the living God, that your co-workers are going to be blessed, your company is going to be blessed, your boss is going to be blessed because you're serving the Lord. Can we begin to think that way? It might be a new thing. But that's how God wants us to think. He says he wants to bring his blessing to everybody, and it comes through us. The attitudes that others are carrying. Sometimes we step into the circle and we bring a new thing to that attitude that, that's going down the drain. We bring a new way of looking at things. And people go, wow, I never thought about it before. And it changes the whole atmosphere and attitude because you showed up. And God's in you. A new thing. God says, I want to I benefit everybody with this new thing that I'm doing through you. He wants to benefit this city. He wants to impact this city because of life-giving churches. Not just one, but many. Life-giving churches in Winchester and Frederick County. He wants to bless our city and bless our county because there's people gathering at different times throughout the world, worshiping the one true God and desiring to do what he says for us to do. Might be a new thing to think about when the atmosphere and the attitude of the news is like, we're all going to hell in a handbasket, and we're sliding fast. That's not God's view. God says, no, i got other plans for you. i got other plans for my church. i got other plans for what is happening right now. You've got to stick with me and be ready for the new thing that I want to do. Are you ready for the new in 2022? All right. Some of you are like, yes, no, maybe so. Because the new thing includes this. God says, I've got this. Whatever's on your heart, 
to do in 2022, whether it's a dream or a calling or, or a problem to be fixed, or maybe you're just weary and need some rest, God says, I've got this because he's got you. And you can take it personally. He's got you. He says, I've done this before. It's not God's first rodeo. Whatever he wants to do, he's done it before. He's done it with others. And he can do it with you, and he can do it through you. God says, for this new thing to happen, you've got to work with me on this one. You can't sit back and watch and expect things to change. We have to engage in a new, fresh way in order for the new thing to come through. He said, here's a new way that I want you to embrace. Rivers and roads, rivers and roads. Sometimes you're building something, discipline, even suffer at times, unpopular. But then make sure you get in the river. Be refreshed. Get your joy back. Get your peace restored. It happens in the river. Then you go back and you build your road again. And you bounce between the two, the river and the road. It's a new thing that I believe God wants to establish in our lives pattern in our life as we move through this year, maybe through through the rest of life. And finally, he said, everybody's going to benefit. Not just you, everybody's going to benefit. Maybe that's a new thought, a new way, but that's how God thinks. He wants to bring his goodness through you to others that, that you will impact in your life. Here's the question I want to leave you with. It's simply this, of those five things that are listed I can go over them again here. Five things. And here's the question. Which one of those five things have you yet to believe or trust that God can do? Which one of those five things have you yet to believe or you struggle to believe that God can do? Do you struggle to believe when I say God's got this? Uh, No, he doesn't. God's got you. No, no, he doesn't. I question that. Do you struggle to believe God that God's done that before? <laughs> he knows the way through to whatever it is that you're looking for. Do you struggle to believe that? How about work with me on this one? Are you struggling to believe that God could actually use you, that he needs you in order to do the new thing? Is that a struggle for you to believe or to trust that that's possible on his side? He needs you? All right. One honest person here. A few others probably thinking. He says, here's a new new way through rivers and roads. Do you spend a lot of your Christian life trying to build a road? Or do you take times to be in the river? be refreshed reminded of why you're here why he's called you it's a balance of both do you struggle to believe I don't need to be in a river just need to build a road maybe it's a new thought to think that way and finally do you believe that God wants to bless everybody around you everybody around you whatever you do he wants to bless everybody around you because of you because of him in you is that a struggle to believe 
Father, I pray that as we ponder these five possibilities of things that we struggle with when we think about trusting you for something new, Lord, I pray that you would bring us to a place where we just decide, you know, this morning, even though I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm not 100%, but I'm kind of leaning at 99. I want to lock in today. I want to lock in to believe and embrace 2022, the new that you want to bring in and through me. In fact, I'm just going to go a, a step further and, and, and uh, give you an opportunity just to, just to stand as an indication before the Lord that I'm locking in. So... Uh, Maybe you're at the place of saying, I don't know if God can, can do this, but God says, I've got this. And you say, I want to lock in on that this morning. God's got this. Just stand up as you lock in to that. Just lock in in faith. God says, I've done this before. You're doubting whether or not God could actually do it, change it, change a person, change a life. You say, you know what? I'm going to lock in on this one this morning. I'm going to lock in with God on this one, that he's done it before, that he's capable, that he's a perfect father, that he knows what to do work with me on this one some of you have been sitting back and waiting God to do something God says no you got to work with me on this one in order to bring about the new thing and this morning you're going to lock in on that to say okay God I'm ready to work with you on this one just stand up as an indication of faith God I'm locking up with you this morning on this one and here's the new way through the rivers and the roads you think about it you say wow I've been spending too much time building the road discipline and 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 and, and, and suffering and and I need to get over into the river maybe you spend too much time in the river you need to get over and, and bring some discipline into your life Lord I'm gonna lock in to what it means to really really live my life with balance and integration between the river and the road and finally Lord I want to lock in on on the fact that when the new thing comes to me, it's going to be shared with others around me. It's going to be shared with others around me. I want to believe that. I want to lock in on that this morning. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you for those that have just gotten honest before you. And, and, and they're just standing before you, God. It's not really about me seeing you standing. I could... In, in some sense, uh, not that I could care less. I can't do anything about the new thing that you're doing in their life. I can be involved in what you're doing in my life and my family, but I can't, I can't change what you're doing in their life. So they're standing today on behalf of, of their life and their family and, and, and their future, Lord. They're standing today, and I pray, God, that as they are standing before you, that you would just uh, cause them to, to receive a fresh revelation about what you want to do. A fresh belief, a fresh start, Lord. God, just, just download it to them, Father, in these few moments that we stand. Lord, give them a, a verse in the Bible. Give them a place that they can go and maybe search out later this afternoon, Lord. Give them a song. Lord, give them a, give them a phrase. Give them a picture. Lord, give them a person that they need to go to to get more understanding. Father, thank you that you're always into new things. God, let us never settle to think that you're going to do the same thing twice. But you're always going to show your love to us.
as we walk before you. So, Father, thank you that you're a really, really good father. You're the best. We can't, there's no place that we can go to find the love and the truth, the mercy and the grace, the forgiveness and the strength like you bring to us. Nobody can one-up you. You're the best. You're the top. You're the great one. You're the perfect one. You're the good one. And Lord, we give thanks this morning. Thank you, Lord. Have your way among us. As we look forward to the new in 2022. Jesus' name. You may be seated for a few moments. Thank you. Just wanted to...